Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. It's time for another top 10 list of video games and whatever you want to call them, arcade and uh, computer games uh, of a certain era. And uh, this is interesting because we're going to split this one off. You're going to do games over the last 10 years from current consoles because I haven't played anything since probably 2015. The last system I have is the Xbox 360. Yeah, and on your end, you're going to be doing the PC game yeah. that you'd played because I <clears throat> kind of played PC games to a point, and then it really was just console after that. I just never really had PCs that could run stuff until now. Well, I never did. Here's the funny part is almost all the PC games that I've ever played it was not on my computer because we were poor. Um like, the most exciting thing you could play on my computer was Ellen Carta, <laughs> the encyclopedia CD, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> no, we, I did play Doom all the time on my computer. But it seemed like every time we tried to get something newer that my computer just couldn't handle. So we always went over to my best friend's house, and he had, like, the works. So I spent a lot of summers just hanging out there watching him play, which is weird. Uh, if you think about it, like, watching other people play video games. Who does that? I guess I did. But I had a lot of fun, like watching them but a lot of these i did end up playing eventually but i just let him play it first yeah and i will say this it's a little bit ironic that some of the games that are on my list are technically pc games but i never played them on pc yeah well i mean the world changed what like 20 years ago where it wasn't so much about exclusivity anymore it was like just okay well we have this version for this console you know like sometimes it wasn't as good you know, or, or there was, like, little trims and edits or whatever. It's kind of like the way it would be with, like, Blu-ray and DVD and 4K now. Like, you're just getting a slightly altered version of that same thing. Pretty much, yeah. All right, so you go first with your current games. All right, so I will start my list with the most current title, and it is actually a PC game, and I'm actually staring at it right now. Not playing it because I'm a fucking professional, but <laughs> I am addicted to uh, Baldur's Gate Three. Okay, and that's been around for a long time because I remember Baldur's Gate wasn't I, I, that started in the '90s, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe '80s. Yeah, Baldur's Gate One and Two, which were uh, Bioware titles. This is by uh, Lorian or Lauren or something like that. Uh, it's pretty much like. You know, it's a D&D game uh, that translates, you know, the rules of the 5th edition pretty damn well into a into a computer thing, but yet still makes it fun and gameable in a PC environment, whereas, you know, playing a tabletop game is one thing, playing a PC game is another. This does, this actually makes it work pretty well. And, I mean, even with the turn-based combat and stuff, it actually feels right, and you're not feeling like you're getting bogged down in anything, so. Okay. It's, this is a, this is a hell of a game, and I'm only still, like, the first third of it or so, or getting to the second part of, you know, second chapter or whatever it is, but I'm having a hell of a time. What, what current uh, uh, consoles do you have? I have a PS5, PS4, and an Xbox One. Okay. I'm just curious because sometimes I I, I only ever have one console at a time. It's just the way it is. I can never really afford one. I usually buy it used from someone else. But um, I'm getting in the mood. 
getting in the mood for something new and uh, I gotta say as a <laughs> I think I might be going with the Switch uh, I'm not oh, sure I, I do have a Switch as well I do have a Switch which is your preference do you think the one that you go to most uh, PS4 PS5 oh okay that's I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Sony guy uh, I pretty much have picked up the Xbox just for uh, what was it uh, Psychonauts 2 oh okay and, and Cuphead but you know, all that stuff ended up on other consoles anyway. Right, right, yeah. Well, my next one is uh, Near Automata, which is a sequel to a game that I had never played. I've never even heard of this one. Oh, it is... It's a mindfuck of a game. Uh, okay. You're, you play as this pair of androids that you've been... Uh, you've been engaged in this 10,000-year-long uh, proxy war between humans who are on the moon uh-huh. Or said to be on the moon anyway, and the machines built by the aliens that ended up taking over the Earth. And it's what's kind of fun about this is you play through the game, and then you beat it, and then you're like, I had fun. You know what? I think I'm going to play, you know, do a second playthrough. I didn't get all the endings. There's 26 of them. You know, sure, I got the death by mackerel ending, but, you know, what's, what's ending E all about? You know, so you start playing through again, and it's now the same game, but now from the other character's perspective. And now you're seeing events that you that you did as one character. Now you're kind of seeing side things, and now you're able to hack into these machines, and you can actually find more backstory and more elements that kind of flesh out the world even more so than you already had. So you're like, wow, that's wild. Then you play it again, and it's the continuation of the game now. Where the game stopped, now you're getting the continuation of that. So you actually have to play the game three times. Weird. To uh, actually get the full story. And uh, like I said, there's 26 endings. Uh, some of them are joke endings, like you, you're an android. You can take out your CPU and kill yourself. Mm. That's an ending. Like I said, you eat a mackerel, and you die. <laughs> It's it's some crazy stuff. There's also like genuine endings. Like you don't, you know, it's like oh, I need to go this one way. Well, if I go this way, oh no, everybody died. You <sighs> lose. Uh, but it's, it's kind of this, the game is also a mindfuck because you know, sure, it's uh, to be reductive, fetishy anime idol type characters. There's definitely you know the thighs. You know, people are very thirsty over Tubi's uh, costuming. Uh, but the game is really filled with a lot of deep philosophical nihilism, all kinds of stuff. You you sit there and it's not, not even like you have to dig that far into it. It pretty much just sits there and goes, oh, by the way, those robots are more human than you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you're killing killing things that are far, you know, have far greater, uh, you know, depths of empathy than you do, apparently, <laughs> you sick monster. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's a brilliant game. It, it's really well done, and, you know, shit, it's, it's a great action title just on its own. Uh, my next one is Doki Doki Literature Club. Is that like Doki Doki Panic? No. Okay. It's like, on the surface, okay, on the surface, you'd think this is just like an anime-style dating sim. Okay. And then, as you start to play, things kind of 
kind of start to change, and it starts to shift into this horror thing, and you you end yourself on this fucked up ride. And I gotta say, this thing genuinely creeped me out. Like, I I got this on the Switch, and this was years after it came out for PC, so I knew what I was getting into. I I even knew what what ultimately it was, and it still creeped me the fuck out. And I really do not want to reveal much more than what I have. Okay. Because even saying it's a horror game is revealing way too much. Really? But it it's seriously it's a game you should check out. It you know, it does not require a lot. It's on Switch if since you said if you said you had Switch, it's on that. It's probably like what, maybe thirty bucks at most. It's really worth checking out. Well, what I like about the Switch is that they're diving deep into the old school catalog and stuff like that. But I may go with Xbox again too. Are they backwards compatible? I don't know anything about the new consoles. How far back uh, is the Xbox? Kind of, kind of. Yes, if you have digital content, it should be playable. That, that you purchased, it yeah. should be playable on your X. It definitely is playable on your Xbox One. I think it's also playable on Series X. The current okay. One. I'll just say my uh, my store my uh, my account still has a ton of mo- uh, games in it. Yeah, it's like, because that, that's what I did kind of enjoy about uh, the Xbox One. I got the digital-only version, and I could still play some of the stuff that I had downloaded. Okay. But let's see, next up is God of War from 2018. And, okay, the God of War games in general are fun, but it is effectively just, I'm a big yelly, you know, slashy man who's angry all the time. <laughs> even when I... Even happy things happen i'm in paradise i'm still angry yelly slashy man why is it in my head whenever i think of god of war i keep thinking of like god smack is the soundtrack like that's that seems like the vibe like oh or uh new metal yeah because that's kind of when it came out it it would have been appropriate to have a trailer with like you know put the bodies at the floors yeah yeah Sure, it's just it's a yelly slashy man killing all the Greek pantheon. The games, the games are fine, but they're not really deep. And you know, it's like when they announced that they were going to do another one, it's kind of like, okay, I mean, sure, they're still doing Halo, and Halo is fucking boring bullshit too. Uh, might as well. And then you kind of start going, you watch these trailers, you go, holy crap, they're actually making Kratos a character. <laughs> Like, he's got actual emotions and thoughts. Oh, sure, you're still going around, you're, you know, doing horrible things to your mom, to your enemies, you know, ripping them apart and all that stuff. But wow, he's actually well-written for once. And that's kind of the thing is, yeah, you have this, it's a story about mourning. It's about, you know, this guy and his, and his son going to, uh, you know, lay the ashes of his dead wife to rest, you know, on this journey that she wanted the two of them to go on. And over the course of it, yeah, you're fighting, you're fighting things, you know, the, you know, it, there's conflict, there's violence, but there's an actual story there. And it's a phenomenally well done game. It's also, even though the cut, you know, it's a singular camera shot as well. Like, you're, the con- camera's constantly behind you and then once you get to like a cutscene it just starts to move around but it's it's never 
is I, as I recall, there's never a single cut in that entire game. Huh. It's always it's always a fluid camera. Yeah, as I was say, that's much better for my head is if it's a constant smooth movement instead of like, hey, pan, 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 switch, 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 switch. Like the way, you know, it was that was a curse of the PS1. Oh, yeah. Yeah, technical limitations and stuff, especially if you're playing like Resident Evil and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, it's always, well, that was also designed to, you know, those camera angles were there for reasons, too. Uh-huh. But even so, yeah. See, my next one is also a PlayStation game called Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, I've actually heard of that one. Yeah, it's you're in a post-apocalyptic future. You're effectively cave people, but you're fighting robot dinosaurs. <laughs> it, it is a it is a hell of a game. Like, I mean, the, the basic concept there, and then what the story actually is, you know, is a lot is really interesting. It's also one of the few games that I've actually been fully invested in the lore. Like all the little lore drops that, that you find in games where it's like, oh, here are these journals that someone left. And it's like, you know, most of the time it's like, yeah, I don't care. I think the <laughs> last time I really gave a shit was like Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm sitting there reading, reading all these things about, you know, the past, you know, how our modern society collapsed and how did we get to this shitty future and so yeah and I haven't played the sequel yet I kind of feel like an asshole for saying this but I'm waiting for the game of the year edition with all the bells and whistles no no that makes 100% total like it, it makes sense to me um, did you see it there uh, they're releasing like the ultimate Borderlands pack with all of the games and all of the DLC and whatever it was that they added through the years it was like 60 bucks I'm like fuck yeah <laughs> that's what you do you have to be patient and just wait for the whole thing well that's the thing it's like Borderlands 2 and is of those games really the best one with all the best content Borderlands 3 is fun but uh, it's also cringy as hell. Yeah, I thought um, they were going to wait longer. I, well, actually, I expected the movie to be out by now, for fuck's sake. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought now. that'd be a good promo for the movie, but I guess not. Well, let's see. My next one up is Grand Theft Auto V, which honestly was a game I was not looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I've never played any of them. Well, it's like, okay... Everyone loves GTA San Andreas, but I think GTA San Andreas is more of a kitchen sink yeah. than an actual good game. It's fun. There's a lot of stuff you can do. It's a huge map, especially for a PlayStation 2 title. But uh, you, it, it just goes into the weirdest, wildest places where at one point you break into Area 51 and steal a jetpack. You, okay. You engage in a... You know, Ocean's Eleven slash Heat's, well, not actually the Heat ones in GTA 4, but an Ocean's Eleven style casino robbery. It's like, you're, you're kind of growing a little bit, going a little bit further from the South Central Los Angeles gang story that you originally set up, and you're turning it into lots of different games. <laughs> It's like it's a bit much. Yeah, man. just focus. It's like trying to pack an entire season of a show into a movie. That kind of idea. Yeah, and like GTA Four was a lot more, you know, stripped back, and that was end story oriented. And 
I know people hated that, but you know, shit, you had a heat style robbery at one bank robbery at one point, and that was fucking awesome. Uh, so, but going to five, it's like, okay, we have three characters, and I, you know, the trailers are kind of going. I don't know if I really want to play as anyone, but you know, Michael. Really, everything else kind of seems, eh. But it's in LA, so I'll give it a shot. And it blew me away. It was a hell of a, it was a hell of a time. Uh, being able, being able to swap between these three characters, you know, worked. Uh, we, you know, the, the their Los Santos. Uh, thing was hilarious especially if you get involved with uh, the quote-unquote Scientology group that was a that was a great uh, series of missions like I mean no no horrible waste of time <laughs> so funny uh, but ultimately it's it was a it was and it kind of makes sense why they've decided to not make any more Grand Theft Autos for over for about a decade was, you know, okay, we have an online thing. We have this. We've kind of created the ultimate sandbox. And there's no reason to make another one. Except I don't want to play GTA Online. I want to play another story. So give me some DLC, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't. But GTA Five, that's... That was much, certainly much better than I really thought it was going to be. Uh, we got the Stanley Parable, which is a PC game. I, I played it fairly recently on on the PlayStation, and it's in a way it's a game about making game design. Weird. Okay. Because because it's your this guy Stanley, and you are you basically discover that everybody in your office has disappeared and the only thing that you have to you know tell you what to do is a omniscient narrator who is kind of guiding you along a path but then what happens when you decide to not go down the path and the narrator is trying to get you back to going one way but you keep doing other things and how frustrating is it for this person who crafted this narrative for you, but you're breaking the story and you're going to places where you shouldn't be going. What's wrong with you, Stanley? <laughs> and the game has a whole bunch of different endings based on the things that you do and including things where they, where it truly breaks it and you start and they, you go like behind the scenes and you start seeing the, you know, like, Oh, here's here's the level designs for this air part of the part of the office. Here's what the doors, you know, here's all the different door styles. Here's all this. And it's just it's effectively, yeah, it's a game about game designs. You know, what are your choices and what are the choices that, you know, are forced on you by the people making a game. And it's like don't really think about it until you've played the game a few times and you're just like wow these guys are it's not a game it's like the most brilliant fuck you <laughs> to to the people playing a game it's like the ultimate troll of a title 
and it's wonderful and I love this game so much and I keep trying to find new and interesting endings for it because I guarantee it if I you know the, the playthrough I played and the one that you my first playthrough and your first playthrough would be two totally different games okay you would get something totally different out of it than I did because you would make I you'd certainly make different choices than I would Let's see, my next one is Stardew Valley. Whew, I don't know any of these games. This is nuts. <laughs> this is another PC game that ended up on console, and it's a farming sim. It's basically Harvest Moon, but okay. everything about it is better. Like, it's a very small team. I want to say it's one guy, but I think he actually now has other people working with him. But it's, a, you know, it's like... You know, yeah, you wake up, you do all the mundane shit, you go into a mine, kill some stuff, get, you know, there's there's all that, that sort of stuff that you would expect in one of these style games. But then the guy kept releasing content for it, kept updating it for free. And, you know, it's like, it's this passion project and it it's just, it's a wonderful time and it's Everything about it is simple without being, like, insulting. Like, Harvest Moon and the Story of Seasons in these games become really complex and complicated for something that is just basically your farming. Shit, you know, there was a, there was a farm game on, the, on Facebook, for God's sakes, that was <laughs> easier than playing this, you know. You know, that's that's other thing. You just want to want a game that you can just relax and chill out to. That's that's starting value. Uh, next one up is Persona Five, which I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Persona series. Uh, I think they're the best games from the whole Shin Megami Tensei series. But there was also a good eight year gap between four and five, and that felt like a fucking eternity. Yeah. Uh, the Persona series, uh, it's. It's part psychosexual RPG and part high school skip, uh, high school sim. Okay, psychosexual so, yeah, like, high school skip. Okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. during the day you're doing, uh, you know, you're, you're a high school student. You have to go to class. You have to, you know, you get tested on things. You know, it's all kinds of stuff like that. You go, you have to do your sports. You have to, you know, you go out and hang out with friends. And you build connections with them, and then you go into uh, into the dungeons. And you go and you fight monsters. In the case of this one, uh, you're breaking. You're uh, you become the leader of a group of quote unquote phantom thieves that end up breaking into uh, these manifestations of uh, shitty people's subconscious desires that become these like huge palace-like structures. And you basically are going in there to steal. Uh, their heart's desire, like this treasure okay. that will ultimately lead to a change in their heart, which usually then just kind of becomes, oh, the person uh, confesses to the fact that they're a fucking criminal. Like a, like one of the things is one of the characters has a, his teacher, his mentor, is actually using him to create, you know, he's a world famous artist, but it's actually being done by one of the characters that you end up meeting. So you're basically, you know, convincing this guy to admit in front of a live audience that he's a fucking fraud 
and that this kid is actually the genius you know and every other kid that i've exploited are the actual geniuses and i'm just exploiting them for profit and to make my name look good and yeah it, that's that's the sort of thing with all these in all these personas but this one is now fully it's more modernized so you have a little less of the weird weird well, you still have some weird sexual stuff, but uh, a little less so. There's a little less creepy monsters and a little more normal monsters. And my final one is a game called Oxenfree, which is a uh, it's a it is a horror game. It uh, is. I thought it would be a kids game. <laughs> yeah, you end up you're a bunch of kids. You got this uh, oh. teenagers. You're going off to college, so you've gone over to this uh this little island that you know it's like a little uh tourist destination island and you're gonna go drink some beers you know have a little party and every now and then if you go to certain places and you play uh play a radio you know play with the radio things you can usually uh, find some like weird staticky things that'll creep you out <laughs> and then you open a gateway to uh to a ghost to a bunch of ghosts and you end up actually stuck in a time loop where you try is as you try to escape the island even if you manage to do this and you but you don't do the right things oh look you're going right back to the island you're just time looped back in and you and the characters start to you know realize this and they're you know it's like wait have i done this before it's like no this is the first time i've been here wait no we've said that exact same thing and it's it is creepy it is not it isn't like a hugely elaborate game it's very very stripped down like uh, uh you'd have to see screenshots i can't describe it that well currently but uh yeah it's it's a trip of a game and it really made me happy when i finally broke through and actually escaped the island and but it's, it's something i would think would make a hell of a movie Anywho, that is it. That is 10 games okay. from uh, 2013 to 2023. You are way more elaborate than I will ever be. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can talk about movies and music for a long period of time sometimes, but games, I don't know what to explain. These are all pretty well known. So um, I'm going to read off the uh, the ones that my co-host of the, music, uh, the other music, the Perfect Concert playlist, uh, Ron, uh, he threw a bunch at me that did not make my list, but because um, a lot of these, there's games that are similar to it that I enjoyed more. Um, so we have Roller Coaster Tycoon, which for me was just too difficult. I, I mean, I just didn't get into it. Um, uh, Phantasmagoria. Hey, everybody. What's that called? Like that that motion, uh, the video motion games? What do we call those things? That genre? Oh, those. Oh, God. Why can't I think that? Uh... And it's like real time video or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's just, ugh. I they played it all the time. I remember, like, ooh, this is naughty. It's like uh, you, you see like half a butt. And like, okay, guys. <laughs> um, EverQuest. Uh, I did. I just never played it. I'm sure it's legendary and uh, a lot of fun, but I just never played it. Um, Quake. I did play Quake quite a bit, but there was a couple other first person shooters that made it, so I had to leave that off the list. That was really close. 
another close one was Max and Sam, a LucasArts franchise, which I truly enjoy. Um, that was another almost made it. Uh, Dark Forces, Star Wars first-person shooter, hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Mist, never played it, looked boring as shit. <laughs> I tried. I tried to play that. I had a copy, and I just could not get into it. Yeah, there was like that and Seventh Guest and stuff like that. They were really popular for a while there. That I just not my not my jam. Um, if you're gonna be a point and click, you better be funny. <laughs> um, the Unreal Tournament. Uh, he and my uh, uh, another friend of mine played that all the time. I didn't even know that was from the '90s. Um, and the Monkey Island franchise, you think would make this list, but I I, I don't recall ever playing one. But that is definitely my wheelhouse. If they put together a collection somewhere, I should probably get it because it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, there's I. That's a game. Those are games that I've only loosely have like seen people play, less so than playing it myself. Yeah. Even though it's like it definitely seems like the sort of stuff I would have enjoyed. All right, so my top ten, and I'm going to go in reverse order because I did my best to actually try to get this in my top ten, like you know. Uh, Day of the Tentacle, the sequel to Maniac Mansion, another LucasArts cartoony point-and-click game, which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Now, this is a 50-50. I played this a lot on the Genesis, but I originally played it on the PC, and that's Lemmings. Oh, God, I love Lemmings. Yeah, it's so simple in its setup, but complicated in its... It's, it's, a, it's a puzzle game. It doesn't look like typical puzzle games of this era, but it is a... It's like a weird strategy simulation puzzle thing. Yeah, the... Well, I just think it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward puzzle game, you know, with the, with the things that you have, but the challenge in that game, trying to get... Trying to make sure that you get at least the bare minimum... Of Lemmings to the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the next one is Sim City 2000. This one is almost too difficult for me. Um, they added so much more in this version that the first time I played it, I hated it because it was overwhelming. But slowly as time went on, I watched other people play and they like understand how everything worked. It got a lot better, and I I, I remember playing this quite a bit. Uh, I'm gonna go back just to one thing. Full sure. motion video was what they were. Thank to you. Audience. I can't remember what that was called. Um, Star we uh, Star Wars X Wing. Uh, I think it's the first of the home flight simulator kind of games. Uh, it's the closest thing to the arcade. Uh, you know the Vectrex game that I love so much. Um, and of course, I, this was a. I think this basically restarted the whole excitement about Star Wars, right? This seemed like the first Pretty thing. Much. Well, that in the books. It, it's George Lucas clearly planned. Like in 1992-93 or whatever, he's like, "Okay, uh, let, let's start, you know, bringing this back. Let's start, you know, getting the franchise going again." Because what Dark Horse started doing the comics again, and then the heir to the Empire, or Dark Empire. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, the yeah, books. Yeah, heir to the Empire. Yeah. Those started uh, picking up, and then, and then this, and that really seemed like ninety three, ninety four was like, oh hey, guess what? You guys still love Star Wars. Remember that? <laughs> um, the next one, no one knows this game. I don't think anybody remembers this, but I played it all the time. It was one of Blizzard's first games, and it was called Blackthorn. It's oh, a. Yeah. It's a it's a shooter, not first person, but a, you know, like a platformer. But it had all these new kind of movements, design wise, whatever. And I thought it was really well, uh, uh, 
made Gabe. I don't know what else to say. I'm tired. Um, I love the fact that you had to shoot, you know, you had the little shotgun that you could shoot backwards. Yeah, that was always cool. Uh, I think a lot of us, like, we saw the advertisements on the back of the comic books because the art on the cover was done by Jim Lee. I don't remember that. Okay, yeah. It was, it was, it was, if you read Valiant Comics or Image, it was on the back of, like, all of them for a couple months. Well, there you go. <laughs> all right, we got Full Throttle, uh, the best LucasArts game, honestly. It's so much fun. It's, like, the pinnacle and kind of the end of those point-and-click uh, animated. It seems right after this is when LucasArts kind of changed their entire focus from those style games to the Star Wars games. Yeah, although I think The Dig came out after that. Yeah, I never played The Dig. I, I feel like I should have. Uh, that was a really popular one. I remember they were trying to do, or they did do, a TV show of it. No, that, well, no, Dig never happened. It was supposed to be. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that's but why it ended up as a game. Full throttle. It's fucking hilarious. It's got this obnoxious douchebag as the, the hero, whatever. I could see at this era, like, Bruce Campbell would have played. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's got, you know, Mark Hamill does some really good voice work in it. I just, I, that's the one, of all the point-and-click games, that's the one that I played the most. Uh, number four is Doom. And come on, tell me you didn't get patches from your friends to turn it into other things, oh. like aliens or... or, or I, had even... an, I, had an entire, I had an entire CD I bought at the LA County Fair that had mods in it. So I had Barney Doom, I had uh, the Evil Dead yeah, the that's Dead what, dialogue. Yeah, that's and all kinds of stuff. It was the game was ended up being really fucked up after a point. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and we talked about this on the regular show. So if you want us to go more in depth with that, uh, it's just it's a scary ass game. It's action packed. It's a great. I mean, so many of it was like puzzles, like trying to get through. It seemed like the beginning of the, you go into this room or or this map, or whatever, and you try to figure out where the bits and pieces are that you miss. That you have to complete, and uh, it just it, it's addictive and legendary for a reason. Uh, the next one is, you know, I probably should have switched these. Hexen. I played Hexen all the time. But I, I now that I think about it, Doom is probably more more uh, uh, of a favorite, I think, as, as Hexen. Because um, I've never gone back to Hexen, and I've gone back to Doom a few times since. Well, Doom is also a lot more prevalent in society. It's a lot easier to go back to than That's Hexen true. Was. That's true. Um, number three, Command and Con or number two, sorry, Command and Conquer, Red Alert. Again, one I talked about on the show all the time. Fucking addicted. I would skip classes that I needed for my credits in college because I was playing Command and Conquer, you fucking idiot. <laughs> still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it got real quiet. Just never, yeah, just, that, that's one, I, like I said, I think I played the original Command and Conquer, like, a handful of times maybe yeah it's just seriously it's it's it was on my uh, friend's computer in college and i swear it just constantly 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 playing this thing and it's a little bit of a cheat that my number one is basically the same fucking game except it's said in like sword and sorcery times and it's age of wonders Age of Wonders, which I, I don't know too much someone said to me that it was a sequel to age of empires am i wrong I don't know. I'm not even familiar with that. I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I know of Age of Empires. But okay. Age, Age of, of Wonders, Wonders came out in 99, and it's, it is essentially the same engine as Command & Conquer, Red Alert. 
Um, except now they've added like you know all the sword and sorcery elements to it, and I just remember being so addicted to it. And there's been like four of them since, but I think the only one that ever really got noticed was this first one. Okay, yeah, it's like I just yeah, it's like that. Like when you said it was a, basically the same game but fantasy, I was going like, oh yeah, he's gonna talk about Warcraft. Nope. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is if I if I were to ask my sister right now, what are your favorite PC games? She would say Lemonade Stay Up, and that's it. <laughs> well, it's, that's effectively mine. It's like, yeah, I played all the wing the the main Wing Commander games. I yeah, I played Lemmings. I did play Warcraft and a little bit of Warcraft too. Yeah, and, and that- the two Dooms, Quake. And missed, well, missed in the dig, and it's like they start kind of going, uh, where in the world, and where in time is Carbon San Diego? Yeah, you know what? I did, I thought about that one too because I did play that a lot. Yeah, it's like you kind of sit there going, like, yeah, it's like it starts becoming harder and harder for me to identify stuff that yeah. I that I would see I liked. Well, and it's playing. only in the '90s for me. Uh, once the 2000s hit, I just wasn't interested. By 2000. Four, I was just doing, you know, emulators of old games on my computer. I wasn't playing anything new. Yeah, it's like, for me, PC was basically the thing that I, I broke stuff on more than anything else. Yeah. Though, I mean, I remember, we're like, it was later during the, in the 90s, early 2000s, like, oh, this is the only way you can properly play a flight simulator, you know, or stuff like that, because you get the special controllers that you couldn't get anywhere else and stuff like that. I remember that was a big deal. Or a lot of the first-person shooters like Half-Life, you know, forever it took for a console to really play the same way a PC could. But you're also talking about the fact that you had to add on so many things to a PC in order to get it to play. Yeah, that was the thing. It's like, it was, it was way too expensive to be a PC gamer. So it just it, you know, I just didn't have the time for that. Yeah, for me, the simplicity of just having a console. I don't need to do all special sorts of things to it. I'm good. Let's see. I'm going to throw out a couple of things that didn't make my list, but I might as well mention, especially two games in particular that people will kill me if I don't at least mention it. Uh, you know, other games that were really good that I do enjoy. You know, Super Mario Odyssey, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, the Assassin's Creed Origins trilogy, Origins Odyssey and Valhalla. I think they're all, those are all fun. Cuphead, After Party. After Party is a game where you're a couple of kids who get sent to hell, uh, uh, college students who get sent to hell and find a loophole to get back in which they have to win a drinking contest against uh, Satan himself. Oh my God. (laughs) But you, in order to do that, you have to beat the four barons of hell in drinking contests as well. So (laughs) you're touring hell, you know, doing drinking contests. It's amazing. Uh, Let's see. Doom 2016, uh, Witcher 3, Red Dead Redemption 2, all, all great games that I really enjoy. All right, everybody, that is the end of this episode. We'll be back in a little bit for our favorite of the, what do you call it, the second generation? Yeah, third, third generation. Third generation, thank you. Uh, NES, the Master System, and the 7800, so we will see you there. You know what? 